Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Today on the WCBS Morning News Roundup. A memorial grows outside the apartment building of police officer Wilbur Mora, the second NYPD officer to die responding to a domestic violence call. I'm Marla Diamond in East Harlem. Police think they found the gunman who opened fire inside a city hospital yesterday. Masks back on in school as a court fight over the mandate continues. I would like to see the mask come off eventually. I'm Sean Adams in Massapequa. On the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death, his widow is suing. The tragic crash due to negligence is part of our WCBS News Radio 88 Seconds in Sound. This is Wednesday, January 26. Good morning. I'm Paul Merdain. Good morning. I'm Wayne Cabot. It's going to be a nice day today, but cold. Sunny, dry, a cold breeze, 25. And we are watching a Friday into Saturday storm, which we've been telling you about for a couple of days now, and it's still on Craig Allen's track. Matter of fact, at this point, he thinks it is likely and it will be significant. Pain is raw for the NYPD and the family of Wilbert Mora, who made the painful decision to take him, the critically wounded officer, off of life support. This morning, a makeshift memorial is growing outside of Mora's apartment building in East Harlem. Let's check in this morning with WCBS reporter Marla Diamond. Marla. And you can feel the sorrow here outside of Officer Moore's East Harlem apartment building baskets of blue and white roses surround dozens of candles and photos of Officer Mora as a child and as an NYPD officer. The pain of a city doubled yesterday as Mora was taken off life support. He is still serving his community even in death as NYPD Commissioner Keyshant Sewell points out he'll be donating his organs. His partner, Officer Jason Rivera, passed away Friday night. His wake is set for Thursday and funeral on Friday at St. Patrick's Cathedral at 9 a.m. Mora is being remembered by family and friends as a bright and humble young man. He joined the NYPD as an officer in 2018 after graduating from CUNY John Jay College of Criminal Justice with a bachelor's degree. Mora's wake will also be held at St. Patrick's Cathedral on Tuesday, followed by a funeral on Wednesday morning. Reporting live in East Harlem, Marla Diamond, WCBS News Radio 880. Police have found the man they suspect of a shooting yesterday inside of the hospital, the waiting room at Jacoby Hospital. Just about midnight, they arrested a 25 year old, Kieber Martinez. The gunman fired several times inside that hospital as people were seated nearby and one man was hit in the arm. 
The victim is expected to recover. NBC4 says it appears the victim and suspect knew each other. Mayor Eric Adams plans to visit the victim in the hospital today and says that the shooting is a reprehensible act. It's the Morning News Roundup, and here is your morning update on masks. They're still required in indoor places in New York today, but maybe, Wayne, not for much longer? Sean Adams is here to sort this out from Massapequa, one of the places where people are resisting the governor's order. Sean, this all goes to court soon. Yes, New York's mask mandate tussle back in court Friday. Now, when a judge nullified the state's order, school districts here on Long Island wasted no time making masks optional. That was short-lived. Once the state appealed, the mandate went back into effect. It is a contentious issue here in Massapequa. Uh, this parent says children are having breathing difficulty and skin irritation, so she hopes there can be some kind of a compromise. I would like to see the mask come off eventually. It may not be the right time because we're still in the middle of the surge, even though um, numbers are decreasing. Um, but yeah, I want the mask off eventually. There was confusion in some districts yesterday during that brief period when the mask mandate was dead. Governor Hochul vows to keep on fighting because she says masks simply save lives. Wayne, Paul. Sean, some places say the masks are not required but optional. What's that all about? Well, that was uh, yesterday, and if the, those districts persist with that mask option, uh, they're going to be in violation of the state mandate uh, because uh, once the state appealed, that order went back into effect, and the Department of Education sent out that message. Here in Massapequa, the district uh, quickly switched to optional yesterday, and then there was an about-face. The district sent out another message explaining uh, the situation, the legal fight, uh, but then went on to say that they will keep fighting for parent choice. Sean, thank you very much. On the WCBS Morning News Roundup, something else about schools, the uh, quarantine. The New York Department of Education is shortening the quarantine period and isolation period for public school students and staff who test positive for COVID. So how long do you have to sit out? Well, starting Monday, the isolation period will be shortened to five days for kids in grades K and higher. But they're going to have to be fever-free for 24 hours before returning without the use of medication, and they have to wear a well-fitting mask when they come back. As for students in pre-K, the isolation period will remain at 10 days. Steps in the investigation of the death of a woman in Connecticut. We'll have the latest on that story from Bridgeport straight ahead on the WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup. The wind is a thing this morning, and the weekend weather could be a whopper, Craig Allen. We're looking at uh, a cold start for sure, and 25 will be the best we could do today. I mean, it's 22 in the city now, so it's really not going to turn around much. And in the northern and western suburbs, I'm looking at plenty of single digits to around 10, especially back in uh, Warren, Sussex, western sections of Morris County, and on up through the Hudson Valley and into interior Connecticut. So, yes, the cold air is back after yesterday's brief reprieve. Today's high only near 25. 15 to 20 tonight. Single digits in the suburbs. Thursday, sunny, still cold, around 30. And Friday, a little bit of light snow or flurries in the afternoon, high 30 to 35. The problem is Friday night into Saturday, it's a nor'easter that's going to be out there over the Atlantic and a pretty powerful one at that. The question is is uh, still whether or not it's close enough to bring us a, uh, <laughs> the, the, the term you use, a whopper of a snow. Uh, I would say the best chance for that would be east of the city across Long Island and Connecticut, and then the uh, the numbers go down a little bit from the city on west, and temperatures will stay cold in the 20s with gusty winds, too. Right now in the city, it's 22, humidity 52%, and a northwest wind puts the wind chill at 12.
Craig, I do wonder the way uh, you're setting this up for now, if the coastal communities may be dealing with some water inundation, flooded basements at the wrong time of year. That too, as well. And uh, yeah, the, this would do. This would be the typical nor'easter type of storm that brings uh, snow. Uh, but it, it would be all snow. There's no chance of any kind of rain mixing in based on the current tracks. So snow, wind. Possible flooding at times of high tide because there's a new moon, and that means uh, the tides are going to be higher than normal anyway. All right, Craig Allen there tracking the storm. And Bridgeport police in Connecticut have opened a criminal investigation now into the death of Lauren Smith-Fields. She was found dead in her home after an online date back in December. The rule of the death, accidental overdose. But the circumstances of what caused it are now under criminal investigation. Her family does not believe that she took those drugs voluntarily. They say the police have not handled their daughter's death properly. They say it took weeks to collect the evidence in this case. Welcome to Wednesday and the Morning News Roundup. I'm Wayne Cabot. Good morning. I'm Paul Bourdain with your three things to know this morning. We have little information on this. The rescue crews trying to find 39 people who are missing and have been for several days now after the boat they were in capsized off the coast of Florida. The Coast Guard is calling this a suspected human smuggling case. Number two, wild volatility in the stock market this week has put heightened scrutiny on the Federal Reserve's meeting today and whether the Fed will clarify just how fast it plans to tighten credit and potentially try to slow down the economy. Third thing, Vanessa Bryant is suing Los Angeles County for invasion of privacy and negligence, accusing county fire and sheriff's department employees of improperly taking and sharing photos of her dead husband and daughter from the crash scene two years ago today. And that brings us to our WCBS News Radio 88 Seconds in Sound for January 26th. This is a breaking story 2020. Right now. The helicopter crash in the hills outside Los Angeles, the town of Calabasas. The LA Times has confirmed that Kobe among those killed. Kobe Bryant remembered as one of the greatest players of his generation, winning five titles in his 20-year career, all spent with the Los Angeles Lakers. The NTSB would blame the pilot for ignoring his training and violating federal regulations, flying in thick clouds as other air traffic was grounded. Today, the All-Star MVP award is named for Kobe Bryant, whom Forbes says earned more money during his career than any other team athlete, $680 million. A man worth at least $1.1 billion when he died. Four-time New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller and VP under Ford was reported dead on this date under mysterious circumstances in his Manhattan office, as News 88's Art Athens reported in 1979. Nelson Rockefeller dead at the age of 70 after suffering a heart attack in his private office on West 54th Street. And while the death of Nelson Rockefeller brought sadness to the world, the circumstances brought headlines. A family spokesman, immediately after Rocky had been rushed to the hospital, told reporters the governor had been working alone in his office in Rockefeller Center when he suffered his heart attack just before 9.30. But then a couple of days later, after ambulance attendants and cops gave different versions, it came out that Rockefeller was at his private office adjoining a residence, that he was not alone, but with his young assistant, Megan Marshak that he suffered the heart attack at least half an hour before help was summoned, and that another woman, TV hostess Panchita Pierce, was called by Marshak and came to the scene before an ambulance was summoned. Could Rockefeller have survived if help was called for sooner? What was he doing alone with a girl? Why the delay? All of these questions haunted the Rockefeller memory for weeks. 
They've never been answered fully, but in the final analysis, the public seemed to say, so what? Who cares? Nelson Rockefeller, after all, is dead. This is January 26th. So great, Wayne, to hear Art Athens' voice. He could explain the stories really like no one else on this radio station. I was thinking exactly the same thing. We miss him dearly. God bless him. It's a Wednesday, and it's the Morning News Roundup. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.